Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, Michael is here. Uh, Peter is not. So super flyweight champ Billy Jock Lode is in the house. Is that Does he even meet that qualification? In the under 13 category. Flyweight? Now, what, is featherweight lighter than flyweight? I, I think don't fe- know. Featherweight is lighter than flyweight, isn't it? Am I, am I correct? You You're boxing, looking at me. Uh, I'm Googling it. Aficionados. Yeah, let's go to He's weight more class. Of a featherweight. Are you a cruiserweight? No, no, no. That's heavy. That's flyweight. Big boy. Flyweight and featherweight. That's what we're looking for. Jack alone, Benjamin Button. <laughs> I think he's a featherweight. <laughs> Isn't that Chocolatito? Uh, or who was it? Carbajal back in the day. Wasn't he a featherweight? The U.S. boxer? Sure, Michael yeah. Michael Carbajal? I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. Olympian. Good dude. Yeah. Can't believe I remember him. What'd you say you weighed last time, Billy? 137? That's correct, Bogus. Now I put you in the super lightweight or the junior welterweight, depending on how you want to call it. 137 would? Yeah, 137. What's a featherweight then? Uh, Featherweight's 126. And a flyweight? Uh, Flyweight is 112. Oh, flyweight is lighter than a featherweight. people? 112. Adults weigh 112 pounds? Damn. Well, my grandma, man, she was about 410 on a good day. (laughs) And... She probably weighed 100 pounds soaking wet and cursed like a sailor. Right, but she was your grandma. I she wasn't that. a full-grown fit man well, fighting in a ring at 112 true. pounds. I know. Little bitty cats, man. And Jack alone is not full-grown either. You're working on it, right? What, 21, 22? 28. Damn. Yeah, you're he's full-grown. Oh, yeah, I told you it's Benjamin Button. Yeah, this is it. There it is. You're done, man. What's up, Bogus? What's up, Brian Jones? You feeling Friday! Okay? You feeling okay Ooh, today? It's Friday. It is it's Friday. A freaky Friday. Huh? What? Yeah. We're going to live it right up on a Friday. I had a big Thursday night. Did you? What'd you do? I uh, saw Tom Petty last night. Oh, cool. Got a little little sleep. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers? And the Heartbreakers were there. They break your heart? Uh, they didn't. One of the backup singers might have thought about it, but... Uh, oh, she looked that good? Yeah, he has, he's got some pips, Tom Petty. Oh, and no, uh, no, these no, ones, no. you'd be okay <laughs> with the suggestion that you had slept with one of them in the past. <laughs> You knuckleheads. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you see uh, Tom Petty? Uh, at Forest Hill Stadium in Queens, the yeah. original home of the U.S. Open, the West Side Tennis oh, okay. Club, has been yeah. uh, renovated recently and into a very nice concert venue. Had a great cool. time last night, and now I get to hang out with my best friend, Brian Jones. Oh, wow. That's so cool, man. I'm sure Tom Petty and Heartbreak has treated you much better than I am going to treat you this morning. And, and what time is the concert over? Uh, Ten. Very oh. strict curfew Oof. at the Westside Tennis Stadium. 10 o'clock. Got to be off stage. Really? So he was at 9.54. He was done. Not even messing that? with that deadline. Why is there a curfew for performers? Uh, it's right in the middle of a neighborhood, a very fancy neighborhood, and uh, people have some power and some cash, so uh, they just they had to noise, make a bargain. ordinance. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. 10 o'clock. You're done, dog. Wow. That's it. That's cool for them. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you get your money's worth? You feel like you yeah, did? Yeah, it was very was good it uh, it was a very good show. It's their right. 40th anniversary tour, so uh, they're playing all the hits. Cool. Yeah, 40 years. Wow. Mm. 
That's cool. And uh, I expected to be in the worst physical shape this morning of the two of us, but you don't feel well, so I got to be no, strong No, no, uh, I got some rumbling going on in, mm. in, in the gut area, and so I might have to dip in and dip out well, the good every news, now and then. The good news for you is we've built in some breaks for us. Uh, oh, cool. Thinking ahead. Nick Saban was so good yesterday. Uh, 20 minutes of the Alabama, the Alabama head football coach. He was uh, great. That we're going to close every hour today with like 10 minutes of Saban. So we're, no we're only working until <laughs> 40 past the hour, and then we'll close each one. Saban part one, Saban part two, Saban part three. <laughs> we had a lot of time with Coach yesterday, Yeah, Dan. And you actually can leave more early than normal today. So 8.40 instead of 8.54, you're at the door. You liar. We'll coast out with some Saban. Well, you will hear, uh, just in this first hour, you'll hear about 10 minutes, the best 10 minutes of Nick Saban yesterday here on Geo and Jones. And, of course, uh, the full interview, all like 23 minutes, uh, is at geoandjones.com slash audio. Does that sound right, Mike? It does. Okay, good. Uh, also on the show this morning, Phil Savage, the Senior Bowl Executive Director Crimson Tide color analyst, former NFL GM. Uh, I believe you can hear him as well, still over on Sirius XM NFL Radio uh, and College Sports Nation. He joined us in hour number two. In he has a new book. Does he? Yeah, what's the name of the book, Mike? I have it, but I uh, can't recall the title. He doesn't want to title. promote it today. Don't worry about it. Why doesn't he want to promote it? Don't worry. doesn't want to. Wow. Okay. All right. Never Good mind. Good thing I, I can't I recall the them. title. Write a. If I wrote a book, it would be part of every conversation. Right. By the way, I wrote a book. I don't know if you guys know. Then somebody published it, and people bought it. I just you know let you know. We well, wrote a book. It's not out yet, but he was giving away copies at SEC Media Days, in which I got one. Well, good for him. Copy, but I can't uh, recall the title. Must have it's gonna be to good. <laughs> That's the title. <laughs> Football. It's gonna be good. Uh, Dan O'Dowd, longtime MLB GM, now MLB Network's resident GM, will join us uh, in hour number three. We are just a handful of days away from baseball's first, more significant trade deadline. Uh, the Mets and Rays pulled off a deal yesterday. Luke is Duda going down to Tampa Bay. Uh, Sonny Gray is still in Oakland. A. You Darvish dangling in Texas, so a lot to get to uh, with Mr. O'Dowd again in hour number three. But let's begin with Odell Beckham Jr., who is at Giants training camp, first full practice today, uh, and Beckham wasting no time on the uninterrupted, saying, uh, quick update on my contract status. Want to get paid not just the best wide receiver, but might as well go for the whole thing uh, and be the highest-paid player in the NFL. So here we go again on day one with Odell. Well, I don't blame him. I'd say that, too. Why well, I mean, not, why not reach too, for but... the... Reach for the stars. Is that what they say? Reach reach for the no, reach for the moon and if you don't get there, fall upon the stars. Somebody used to say that at uh, in the one of their, their shows uh a while back. And so I have no problem with that. Being that having that having that lofty goal. Is he one of the best wide receivers in the league? Yes, no doubt. He's one of the best wide receivers, one of the best return men, one of the best entertainers, all that. But I think the problem that he has is that the entertainment part sometimes borders on the ridiculous when he's going and, and proposing to to the uh, kicking net when he's throwing tantrums on the sideline. Uh, if, if not for all those antics, uh, he, he might be the highest paid uh, wide receiver. But right now he's still playing under his rookie contract. The, the young man is only 24 years old. I think he makes just a little under $2 million this year, but he's making all that cash and yeah. endorsements. That's what's so great. Dang, it's, it's, great for you, man. About $10 mil mm-hmm. in, in endorsements. Damn, that's good. Good to be a gangster. It's, and, and then next year, I think it, it rises up. The fifth year of his contract rises up to about eight or nine, and yeah. he's still 
well below what the highest paid receiver, Antonio Brown, is making at this point, which is about $17 million. So I have no problem with the, the, the having that much confidence in your ability because the, the ability has been showcased. We've seen it time and time again. And I'm tired of looking at that damn picture of him catching the ball versus my Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Carter, you need to take the picture down in your, in your, in your bathroom there at your, at your office because every time I go in there, I almost want to throw up. Uh, so he, he's proven that he's one of the best. But it's the other things that I uh, imagine will keep him from getting uh, that type of money, at least for the time being. Uh, the Giants definitely need to lock him up. I don't know of any other uh, – guy on the roster that can affect change in the manner in which he can. Well, the issue I have with this is reality. I'm glad <laughs> I mean I'm I, I'm glad that he has the confidence in himself he should uh, and you can want to be the highest paid player in the NFL, but you have to realize at some point that you're not going to be. Just by the definition of your position, you're not Joe Flacco's making 24.55 million dollars this year. That's the most uh, on the books in the NFL for 2017. Everyone else around him is a quarterback. Um, he that's not Odell Beckham. That's not wide receiver money. It's just not feasible. So he can say it, but if that's actually their negotiating stance when they're talking to the Giants, um, they're going to be SOL. And the Giants right. apparently have written a, a relative blank check, uh, is the the way it was described yesterday. That this will get done, um, but it's not going to get done to the tune of twenty five million dollars. So no. he can have the goal of it, but he better be prepared that he's not going to come anywhere close to be in the highest paid player I, I, th- in the I think they're aware of that. You know, I, I'd love for the Cowboys to call me up and say, hey, well, you know, we want you to come out of retirement and play for you. Uh, but you know, dealing in reality, which I love to suspend from time to time, uh, I know that's not going to happen. Uh, so I will not be in the Cowboys jersey with Jones on the back, at least uh, not one in which I could participate in a game uh, with. Uh, so fine, but we know, all in, in, we know all the time in negotiations, you go in at a high number, of course – the, the club is going to lowball you, and then you meet somewhere in the middle, right? Yeah. So uh, you don't, never get what you are worth. You get what you negotiate, and he's worth a hell of a lot. But oh, I, yeah. I, I think the impediment here is the tantrums and, and all the shenanigans that go along with this hell of a uh, football player. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that being said, you're correct. Quarterbacks rule the roost in the NFL. They're going to make the most money. And, and so uh, I would put – Odell Beckham ahead of a lot of quarterbacks, you know, especially one that has a track record of six and nine, and, and yet he gets $15 million to go up to Chicago, Mike Glennon. Uh, so he should definitely be making Mike Glennon money, <laughs> if, if nothing else, considering what he can do on the football field. So uh, this is part of the, the, the strategy when you're in negotiations. You go high, they go low. You meet somewhere in the middle. The middle for him has to be if they choose to tear up his, his deal, uh, which has a year left on it after this season, if they choose to tear it up, he's got to be in that $15, $16 million range. Yeah, I, I, I think Antonio Brown is the obvious comparison. He, as you said, he gets 17 mil, so you start in that neighborhood and you end up right around there. Everybody's happy and you move on. And um, I, you know, The Giants don't seem to be that care, that, that worried with the way he behaves and acts on the field, off the field, because they're prepared uh, to give him a lot of money, uh, just not the max, max, max deal in the NFL. Now, Le'Veon Bell's it's not a holdout. He did not report to camp yesterday because he has not signed the franchise tag tender, so he doesn't have to show up. Um, but this pseudo holdout is my new favorite thing because it's on July 27. Is that what yesterday's date was? It gave us already um, our first Mike Tomlinism of the brand new season. Uh-oh. Six minutes we got into another one. his introductory press conference. Partial participant. Uh, this is Coach Tomlin 
when asked uh, if he's bothered by Bell not being around for the start of camp. We're a group that values this team building process and doing it in this setting. So yes, there is value and yes, there are consequences for not being here. It's just the reality of it. What are the consequences? You know, they're untold as we sit here. Um, you know, you know, they're untold. That's my favorite part. They're untold as we sit here. Well, you could tell us. Thank you. Just let it go, Mike. Yeah. We're listening. Let it flow, baby. I'm waiting on you, bud. What's on, we know it's untold. That's why we're asking you the questions. <laughs> They're untold. Uh, damn. Told us, please. Okay. He wants to keep us in suspense. Yeah. Hmm. Now, the problem for Mike Tomlin is there actually can't be consequences for Le'Veon Bell not being there. He's technically doing nothing wrong. No. So they can't punish him in any way. Hasn't signed a tender. Right. Yeah, what are you going to do? The only thing they could do is what the Panthers did to Josh Norman last year and rescind the tag and make him a free agent, but I can't see that happening. That is not going to happen. Now, what my concern would be, and this is an unofficial uh, scientific declaration by me, but I feel like guys who are late to camp, for whatever reason, um, lead the NFL in pulled quads and hamstrings. Hmm. You get a late start. That seems to be the first thing to go once you get back out there. And, you know, Coach Tomlin did uh, before – threatening these consequences was very complimentary of Le'Veon Bell, keeping himself in shape, ready to go, not a concern. Uh, But this is, at least for me, this is almost bound to happen. He was going to show up at some point in July or August, and within the first 96 hours of running, something's going to hurt. Why are you going to wish that on the man? I'm not wishing it. It just happens. It It happens. You speak it, then it happens, man. It's not going to happen, but it usually does happen. (laughs) But I contradict myself. Uh, It's not the first time. We we always talk about being in shape, and and we know Le'Veon Bell is going to be in shape. This guy has taken care of his body. I always talk about the transformation his body has undertaken because it's, it's been marvelous. If you look at the young man and, and his his body type coming out of Michigan State when he was a second-round pick and and compare that to what he looks like now or a couple years ago when he went underwent this transformation, it's been uh, marvelous. Uh, you're talking about someone who's just a totally different player now, so much quicker, lighter on his feet. He, he's dazzling on the football field, so much fun to, to watch. Uh, and so we know he's going to be in, in great shape, but football shape, that's is a big difference, and it's hard to to illustrate that uh, unless you've gone through it. You can run all day and, and, and do all that that, that stuff and, and, and lift all the weights you want to lift and be strong as an ox, but can you absorb those hits? Can you get out there and make cuts when people are chasing you and are you a- able to elude uh, defenders? When you're making those football moves, that's when you know – uh, you're you're in football shape, so uh, it's a big difference from just being able to to run forty or fifty sprints and 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 not be winded, and, and then get out there and when you got people chasing you, that's a whole different being in shape. That, that's why we always talk about the you know game speed. Guy may not run a, a great forty time at the at the combine or his pro day, but what does he do when he puts those pads on and you got all those big old ugly dudes chasing you? Yeah, that was always my problem. I, t- I tested really well. Oh, you tested? Oh, yeah, you okay. put me on the field around other people who yeah. were bigger than me. I <laughs> <laughs> could probably be a partial participant. Yeah. <laughs> You're a even. partial participant. Dude, that would have been a good day. I didn't even have the you-know-what to be partial. I'm out. I was the opposite. <laughs> I didn't practice. Didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. practice. Anything like, 
Okay, okay, let's go now. Am I supposed to be at the combine? <laughs> right. What time is it, dog? Damn. We missed our slot. <laughs> I feel like I was supposed to do a yeah. three-cone drill. Is that a thing? Yeah, what is that? I've never <laughs> known that to help during a, a, an actual game, but apparently it holds a lot of you, weight. You've never done... You never shimmied right, shimmied left, shimmied back, and then yeah, got well, to get somebody. No, no, no. no. I've shimmied a little bit, but uh, no, not that much. You Partial know. participant. Yeah, that was my combine uh, mantra. <laughs> I'm gonna be yeah. a partial participant <laughs> yeah. here, and, and I pay for it. But uh, it, it, there's something to be said uh, about uh, that that game speed, and and, and once again uh, absorbing those uh, those hits and and. Just taking all this stuff, people hanging on your body. It's just a different type of feeling. It's a different uh, sensation you, you feel, the pain that you, you, you may uh, receive from working out and, and, and pushing yourself in your know, OTAs and things of that nature. That's, that's one dynamic. And then you, you transition to people falling on top of you, although I'm sure they take care of Le'Veon Bell in practice just like they would uh, the quarterbacks and those guys you don't want to uh, be too physical with. Uh, in, in your practices still. Uh, you got to get in football shape. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Getting rolling on a uh, Freaky Friday here on Geo and Jones. Oh, Bogus yeah. in for Geo alongside. Freaky Friday. Work, yoga, and Prosecco. Mm. Is that your That'll second work. book title? Uh, that's, that's the, today it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be a full participant. Uh, still to come this morning, the Cavs can't find Kyrie Irving. Steph Marbury goes to bat for Derrick Rose. Rob Palinka is at it again. And does John Gruden want to coach in the NFL one more time? Plus Phil Savage, Dan O'Dowd, and more from Nick Saban if you missed it yesterday. All right here on Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Bogish in for Geo alongside Brian Jones. It's Geo and Jones. Here on CBS Sports Radio, Phil Savage, Dan O'Dowd. Later in the show, Nick Saban, 11 minutes and 47 seconds of the best of Nick Saban from yesterday here on the program for you in just a second. But replacing me today while I fill in for Greg is Brian's favorite update anchor, Yankee fan extraordinaire. That's my dog. Marco Belletti. Don't be jealous, Fredo. Thank you. It's fair. <laughs> Was it that See, obvious? Marco and I shared some great moments back in the day, so we will forever be intertwined, yeah, let's say. Yeah. Right? right. Absolutely. We'll yeah. save the Yankee stuff, though, Brian. Okay. Uh, we, right. we got it. We'll get to John Sterling. I'll get uh, that for yeah, us. Cool. But, uh, just a quick uh, update, though. Garrett Cooper's not Will Clark. Or like that. So slow down. We don't know that. Yeah. yeah. Problem. Don't hate. <laughs> Feel safe making that assumption. <laughs> All right, I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, Nationals kind of put on a show yesterday. Ryan Zimmerman swings and launches one to deep left center field. This one's way back. Is it high enough? It is. It's a home run. They've hit four home runs in a row, and that's a new Nationals record. All right, four straight, five in the third inning alone. That tied Major League records. Both of them did. They hit eight homers in all. Ryan Zimmerman and Bryce, Har- Bryce Harper each had two. They route the Brewers 15-2, to two, sends Milwaukee to their ninth loss in 11 games. Shine coming off that rose a little bit. Dave Jagler with a call on the Nationals radio network. You couple that with the Cubs bouncing the White Sox 6-3 and Chicago's back in front by a game and a half in the Central. Kyle Schwarber went deep twice and that one he knocked in four. Padres handle the Mets 7-5. D-backs got a big swing from their newest piece. The pinch and a drive into right field. Deep. That ball's got a chance to go and it is a grand slam off the bat of J.D. Martinez and a 4-0 Diamondback lead. All right, J.D. Martinez provided the only runs of the game. Diamondbacks 4-0 over the Cardinals. That was Greg Schulte with the call on the D-backs radio network. 
The Marlins top the Reds 4-1. Indians win streak is 7. They slip by the Angels 2-1. Blue Jays escape the A's 8-4-10. and 10. That was a Steve Pierce walk-off grand slam, but here you go, Brian. Not the only walk-off. Nope. There goes the deep right. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a walk-off. Brett Gardner has a walk-off home run in the bottom of the 11th. It's a Gordy party. He plants one in the right field seats. There's more bogus. Gordy goes yardy. Oh, and the Yankees win the ball game 6-5. We went with the extended version, kind of pull that out a little goes bit. Goes yardy. And yeah. first of all, you lied. It wasn't high. It was a line drive, but it got over the fence. That's it was all off the ground. Everything That's over it. the fence is high and far. <laughs> all of them. Gardy right. goes Yardy. Wow. So the Yankees win their fourth straight. They outlast the race, 6-5 and 11. Of course, John Sterling, the call. Yankees Radio Network, they have won four in a row, six out of seven. The only downside, did you see this in the celebration? Aaron Judge yeah. uh, chipped a tooth. Yeah. Took a helmet to the chin. Yeah. Um, everybody says he's fine. Big man, you know, 6-7 or 290. I don't think a chipped tooth is going to slow him down at all. Mm. All right. Never-ending John Gruden story is continuing. New legs now, Gruden saying in a Pewter Report article. He continues Peter. to <laughs> Who? Pewter. Pewter Report. Pewter. Oh, yes. Pewter Report. Pewter. 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 Yes. Pewter. Uh, he continues to prepare like he's going to coach again. He did seem to close the door on coaching in college. Kind of talked to, you know, tongue-in-cheek saying he would get you in trouble within about six minutes because he likes to work and there's not enough work going on in the college game. But what? he did open the door and kind of let it be known that, Coaching could be in his future because he's still waking up at 4 a.m. to watch tape. So we had nine years of no Gruden. It's back again. Gruden kind of throwing himself into the mix again. Meanwhile, Odell Beckham Jr., um, not shy about wanting to get paid. And I've gotten to the point in my life where, like, no, nah, I'm going to – there's no need to not talk about it. I believe that I will be uh, hopefully not just the highest paid receiver in the league, but the highest paid, period. Okay, that's on a video on Uninterrupted. Is he playing the um, piano himself for the dramatic What are we music? doing? There's no need to, to not talk. Are we serious? You want to get paid, you want to get paid. But, like, do we need this? It felt like a Kardashian. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, what's well, up with the is. music? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Once upon a paid. time. Beckham can't stay out of it, and he keeps going. Le'Veon Bell, no show at Steelers camp, no surprise. Uh, still wants he's not signed his tender yet. No long-term deal, $12.1 million if he plays it out. Ravens got another quarterback uh, at camp. To help out with Joe Flacco being hurt, signed an arena leaguer, David Olson, and the Warriors re oh, Wait, hold on, hold on. Uh, it's the Champions Indoor Football League. Let's give credit where credit's due to the KC Phantoms. Oh, I'm that's sorry. not even in a fancy it, arena it, league. It, it, that, that's not an arena league? No? I mean, it is, it's not the arena league, though. But it's in an oh. arena. Yeah. Indoors, do, right? It's a lower arena league. Yeah. Oh. Really? Yeah. Like, I gotta Single tell you, a? I missed that. Yeah. yeah Single the, A. I didn't realize there was more arena leagues. Yeah. I, I only knew of one. No, no, no. This is not. This is a whole other thing. Got to tell you that the draw yes. for that's got to be tremendous then. I, I feel like this. <laughs> it's I not like to, the uh, lingerie league. No, it's uh, not. No. I think my, more people come to that. Just a hunch. But yeah, congrats okay. to David Olson. Yeah. So he has a job for Good about for a week. Him. Uh, and the Warriors, J- uh, JaVale McGee is back. Re-upped on one oh, year deal. cool. Yeah. Shaq and a fool. Don't care. They don't care about that? No, you. Who, about like, oh, JaVale McGee? McGee. <laughs> I do care. All right. So 15 guy, players now for the Warriors. They're, they're at their max. Now. Yeah, the they're, guy. They're done. They're done. All this past season, he's taken all that flack from Shaq. <laughs> and uh, he balled. Come on, even though he didn't get that much run in the in the, in the uh, finals, uh, he, he he made a name for himself. He's back. No, you don't see a lot of swaggy P to Miguel uh, to <laughs> McGee. That's gonna be fun. 
Uh, I'm looking now at the Champions Indoor Football League website. Go CIF.net to see what the other... .net. The .net, yeah. Because uh, Mr. Olsen came from the Kansas City Phantoms. Mm Mm-hmm. There's also, this is, a, this is uh, the Bismarck Bucks, the West Michigan Ironmen, the Centex Cavalry. They're from Belton, Texas. Oh, Belton, sweet. The Wichita Force, the Sioux City Bandits, the Texas Revolution. They play from, uh, they play in Austin? No, Allen, Texas, excuse oh, me. Oh, Allen, up by Dallas. Uh, the Selena Liberty, the Omaha Beef, the Duke Beef. City Gladiators, hailing from Albuquerque, New Mexico. The Dallas, yeah, the Dallas Marshals, the Bloomington Edge, and the Amarillo Venom. Amarillo Venom. Mm-hmm. Amarillo by morning. That sounds like a lot of teams. That's quite a few in Texas. Is yeah. that three or four in Texas? Well, it's the mer- the CIF is the the baby of the marriage of a previous league <laughs> and the Lone Star Football League. They came together to create. <laughs> This beautiful baby that is the champions indoor uh, football league. So that's why there's a lot of Texas. The Lone Star Football League, mm, Carlos, Texas. Got gotcha. you. Yeah. A lot that's of impressive. babies being made. That's mm-hmm, impressive. Football mm-hmm, babies mm-hmm. in Texas. Go mm-hmm. figure. Yeah. So we already discussed Le'Veon Bell being not at Steeler training mm-hmm. camp. Antonio Brown is there and wanted to make sure every single person in the world saw him arrive uh, in a top-down Rolls-Royce. Yeah, 1931. By a dude. Rolls Royce valued about two hundred twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Dropping the bus, my weekend car. There you go. Yeah, he had him a nice little driver. Yeah, yeah. Get the door, Benson. Do you want to know the thing I was most um, intrigued by in the entire thing? Go for it. His hair. Oh, really? Yeah. What he's was got, up with the hair? I. I he's got. Um, oh yeah, he had that little uh, thing sticking up. Well, he had his. He, like, had, he had the braids. But yeah, all, and then he had like uh, alfalfa. The braids were all like train tracks all over his yeah. head, and they all met at the top mm-hmm. into a little bun. I've never seen that before. Yeah, and and I, he was mean mugging. Was he? Yeah. I just spent way too much time thinking about how long it took that to get done. Well, it's not like he has a ton of hair. But I'm going to say maybe a couple hours. Yeah, which is ridiculous to me. To sit there for a couple hours? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like to have the skill of the, the barber to sit there and do that and have it look nice and legitimate and straight and well, correct geometry. Well, there, there are people who, that's their expertise. I know. I've, I've at one time had cornrows and uh, the lady I... Use was damn good. Yeah, it's uh, just an impressive thing to me. Yeah, it's very impressive. Uh, but the, the 1931 Rolls Royce, cool. You can have the, the car. I, I want not, the hair. The, <laughs> no, I've if been, we're being you honest. can have the hair. I've been there, done that. <laughs> uh, I'm done with that. Uh, the part that bothers me, though, is comments about his teammate. You never uh, in, in, involve yourself in someone else's money. And here he is talking about Le'Veon Bell and, and to you know do something special. We need everyone here. Well, you got your cake, baby. Right. And I don't recall Le'Veon Bell uh, voicing any concern with you negotiating with the Steelers. And, and now Le'Veon Bell, who is just as important to this offense as you are, uh, he, he's trying to get his, and, and yet you're involving yourself in another one's business affairs with the club. That's something you usually don't see. Yeah, uh, He is definitely out of bounds. 
as far as this is concerned. So he should stay out unless he wants to share some of the millions he just resigned for with Le'Veon Bell. Right, yeah. Usually we're the ones on the outside freaking out about holdouts and contract negotiations and whatnot because the players usually stay mm-hmm. quiet because everyone knows it's about business yeah. and it's going to be my turn soon to do this. Especially when uh, you just got yours. Right, you're getting 17 Damn. mil a year. You're laughing all the way to the bank. Right. Dude, Drive can I get mine? Right, yeah. Bell's taking the bus. That's why he wants a new deal. <laughs> Nick Saban was on this show yesterday. Went through a lot with the boys. Alabama football, the future, kind of the college football playoff, uh, and whether or not he's uh, actually devoid of personality. Uh, he's not. Uh, and that conversation, at least 12 minutes of it, is next right here on Geo and Jones. Keep up with the latest on the show on Twitter at Geo and Jones. Bogish, Jones, and Mikey B, and Billy Jocalone. No Greg, no Pete. Pete will be back on Monday. Greg's back on Tuesday. So you get up. What the hell is the alien? Uh, Pete saw Jerry Seinfeld last night with uh, the lady friend. Mm-hmm. Late and start. he laughed so much that uh, couldn't get up. Uh, I think the show didn't start apparently until 9.30. So mm. Pete okay. uh, wasn't going to get home in time. And he I gets his you. beauty sleep. So no Enough Pete said. today. Exactly. <laughs> Pete was here yesterday for Nick Saban. Uh, in case you missed or want to hear more of it, uh, here is uh, a, a compilation, the best 11 minutes of a fascinating conversation with the Alabama head football coach here yesterday on Geo and Jones. Uh, it begins with the obvious. Last year, disappointing, heartbreaking. You picked the word to describe the national title game loss to Clemson. So how in the world do you move on from that? Well, I don't know that you ever get over it. I, I think that you know, it was an opportunity lost, and uh, the only way that you can look at it is you have to move ahead, look forward. Um, you've heard me say before, don't waste the failure. Sort of try to figure out, you know, what you could have done better, how you can improve on it, whether it was how you prepared for the game, how you finished the game, uh, things you did well, things you did poorly, and what you need to correct. And hopefully psychologically it it affects everybody in the organization makes them a little hungrier in terms of what they want to do in the off season and how they approach this season and the challenges this year's team have and and coach along those lines anytime there's an excruciating loss whether it's a blowout or it's a close one like that in in the the ultimate uh, championship game uh, usually you don't want to see that film but will you go back and and splice it up and and show it to particular guys and 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 coach them uh, as far as particular particular situations that could arise again well we, we we do that in every game win or lose i mean you know, we're constantly trying to make our team better. So it's not about whether you lost the game, whether you lost on the last play, whether you lost it by a lot, uh, or whether you won it close or won it by a lot. You know, we, we're always going to do quality control on the things that we did well, the things we did poorly, the things we need to do better, um, critical errors that we made in the game, strategic planning errors we made as coaches that would have helped us play better. So... You know, the next time we play that team or something similar to that, maybe we'll we'll, we'll do a little better. So that that's just a part of it. So we always do that. I think the the psychological part of it is, you know, when sometimes when you win games like that, uh, like we did the year before, you get a little more complacent. You're not as willing to make the changes you need to make to uh, actually improve. You know, everybody's got to be able to. Uh, be self-critical if you're going to improve, and everybody's got to be able to take constructive criticism so you can improve. And in an organization like this, I don't care what we did, how many games we won, we're always trying to improve each individual player and our team. 
Talking to Nick Saban on Geo and Jones, CBS Sports Radio. What do you think it's like to work for you? Um, look, I, I always try to be fair and honest with uh, everybody in our organization, but I don't po- apologize for being demanding, um, you know, to doing things the right way and to the standard and um, that that we need them to be done. And, um you know, sometimes people um, get a little—I don't know—offended or whatever if they get confronted when they're not doing what they're supposed to do. But I don't know how else you do it. You do that with players, so you have to do it with everybody in the organization, and everybody's got to understand that and expect it. And it's not personal. It's just this is this is the way we do it here, and this is how it needs to get done. And I personally, you know, when I work for Bill Belichick, I. That's how he did it. You know, he defined the expectation and the standard, and you had to be responsible and accountable to it. And that's kind of how we do it. But I actually like that because you always knew exactly what was expected, and you always knew exactly um, what would happen if you didn't do it the right way. So, you know, it's, I can't speak for everybody that works for me, but just from a leadership perspective, that's what I try to do. And I think. A lot of people get it. Maybe there's a few that don't. <laughs> yeah, there's Coach, been a few. <laughs> Coach, your approach, is it a direct result of how you were coached as a player? Um, well, yeah, I think everything that I do, I basically learned someplace else from somebody else. And I had some really good mentors through the years and started with my college coach, Don James, who was very much like I just spoke. I mean, mm-hmm. he he was, you know, well-organized, defined the expectation. Everybody had to be accountable to it. Players, coaches, it didn't matter. And he's very well-organized and was a very successful coach. And so when I started out in this business, that's how I thought it should be. And I realized as I grew up in the profession, it wasn't always that way everywhere. So, uh, but I said, if I ever got the opportunity, that's how I kind of make it. So, and um, it, it, you don't have to be disrespectful to people when you when you do what I just said. But um, there's some people that are afraid to ever tell someone. Um, no one should be offended. If if every if everybody's goal is to be the best, uh, to win. Uh, and get everybody in the organization being the best version of themselves, then everybody should want to do what they have to do to be able to do that. They shouldn't be offended if they're corrected. Um, you know, I've told coaches before, you know, if I correct them, they get all upset, but, you know, they dog cuss their players like it's nothing. And I'm saying, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, I don't think you could play for yourself. <laughs> could you play for you? Yeah, I could play for me. <laughs> you mentioned Belichick before. Have you ever seen this guy happier? He was in Nantucket Magazine sitting in a field yeah. with with Linda smiling and modeling. I mean, I think this guy found his happy place. Well, I, I, I don't think that um, – look, I, I think I, – I don't think Bill's been unhappy in his life. Um, <laughs> if you know him well and you know him behind the scenes um, – I think sometimes the image you project to the public 
for probably strategic reasons, maybe a little bit different than, you know, the person inside. Um, so, you know, I, I've never, ever known Bill or been concerned about Bill being unhappy. Mm-hmm. I think he's very serious about what he does, and he's pretty intense about trying to get it the way he wants it. And he's been real successful at doing that. And I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. Now, the image sometimes that it projects, you know, leads people like you all to think that, you know, the guy's some kind of tillow the hunt or something. But <laughs> I mean, he, he, he doesn't like that at all. <laughs> so, but anyway, I, I, I'm not really like you all think either. So, Well, who is but, the Nick Saban that we don't know then? Well... I mean, you have to come and find out. <laughs> okay, how much time will we have with you if we come and find yeah. out? Well, just a little bit. <laughs> I saw my man Marcus Spears, a former player there at LSU, was driving you around. Seemed like you guys were having a good time. So uh, can, can we come and drive you around and, and get to know you a little better? Well, see, that's somebody who knows me. Right. All right, And people who know me and play for me and – all that are are a little different in terms of their perspective than other folks. So, um, you know, but anyway, it is what it is. You know, your blind spot is kind of what, how you perceive yourself relative to what everybody else perceives you. So, you know, and my wife tells me mine's as big as a Grand Canyon. So (laughs) I got it. I get it. I got the feeling that you don't give a damn though. Uh, I care about what she thinks, but I, right. I wouldn't want. Yeah, but I mean the rest of us. Yeah, her, of course. Well, I, you know, I res- I try to treat people right and respect them, and you know, I just um, I, I don't spend a lot of time worrying about what everybody else thinks. If I'm think I'm doing the right thing and being fair and honest, um, I, maybe they just don't understand. <laughs> Did it take you a while to get to that point as well, or has that been something you've been good at? Not really caring about the perception or what people think of you no i i think it takes a while i think you know when you get criticized fairly and unfairly you know eventually you sort of sift through and don't really listen or read much about the good things and you don't really listen or get affected much about the bad things and because really as a leader in an organization you, you can't be affected by those things to make decisions that um may not be the best for your organization but you're you're emotionally affected by what somebody else thinks or says so that's that's a dangerous place to get you know brian was invited to one of the college football playoff committee meetings is there any message you want him to relay (laughs) on your behalf while he's there no not really Need to get in some political turmoil here. <laughs> oh, Bill Hancock, he's a good friend of the show. No no political uh, rankering or anything like that, Coach. No, he does a great job. He does a good job, and the system has created a lot of interest, so it's all good. Okay, well, let's follow up on, on uh, what you propose, and everyone's uh, all up in arms about it. It's a bridge too far. I actually like the fact that you want Power 5 teams playing Power 5 teams but the rub is, and I always say this, Coach, about big-time college sports, whether it's football or basketball, if you, you're looking for that socialism that you hear on the political scene, look no further than big-time college football or basketball because that's where it lives. And those programs, the lesser programs that usually subsidize their programs by playing 
big iconic brands like yours, they will be hurt uh, if we go to this model that you're proposing. Are you at all concerned with that? Well, I, I think that it would actually give us a better opportunity to determine who the best teams were because it'd be more like intersectional type games. So it's really hard to determine um, the competitive balance between one conference and another. And the assumption is, is they're all the same. And that's probably not exactly right. Um, strength of schedule has huge deviation uh, in college football, you know, right now. And I don't know how you can sort of calibrate that uh, effectively and correctly. So, um, you know, I, I, look, I'm an old NFL guy. So, um, and I'm talking about for the fans, um, you know, for the people in the program, I think you could get in the playoffs and just because you lose one game doesn't mean you would be out of it. Uh, sort of like the NFL, the Giants lost six games a few years ago and won the Super Bowl. So, um, you, you know, you play better competition all the time. Um, I think players would be more interested. Um, so, I, you know, just uh, I, look, it's not worth talking about because nobody's ever going to do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't give up just yet. I'm with you. I'll get out there and promote it with you. And then Coach hung up. You offered to help. That's usually what happens. I'm out. When I offer to help, which is good. I don't have to help then. The full, less, on, less on my plate. Uh, the full 20 minutes with Coach Saban at geoandjones.com slash audio. And really, uh... Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All kidding aside, kudos to the two of you guys for uh, making Coach sound uh, more... I, every time I say it, it sounds mean. More human than normal. I, I've, I've given him and Bill Belichick and other guys... Uh, it bothers me at t- the way they behave sometimes. I just don't get having emo- like leaving emotion out of this and being cold and condescending and dismissive. Uh, it clearly works, um, but it's just not the way I would do things if I was in their positions. Well, uh, and, so it's and, good and, to hear them being regular people and, sometimes. In defense of, uh, of Coach Saban, I've heard him say, I understand the role that media plays uh, – in in the grand scheme of things, but that doesn't mean they have to enjoy their interaction with no, with but, the press all the time or, or show up and, and 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 with alacrity answer questions from uh, those in our profession. So it's part of the gig. They understand that and uh, they do it in their manner, and it works for them. Where in the world is Kyrie Irving? He sang that he was going home. He might be home. But the Cavs have no idea where their current guard is. That's how we begin Hour 2, Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 